Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Sharp Edge, a sports conversation for the sports betting world. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Featuring legendary handicapper Brandon Lang. How much that do-re may be for? And Scott Seidenberg. The Spartos, the Motorheads, Geeks, Bloods, Wastoids, Dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. This is The Sharp Edge. Welcome into another edition of The Sharp Edge alongside the legend, Brandon Lang. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review to The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from. You can check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, B-L-E-A-V.com. It was a successful weekend for both myself and for you, Brandon Lang. Before we get into this weekend's action, we got to talk about where you spent Sunday night because apparently... I did not see you on TV, whereas everybody else in the world did in Baltimore. But besides that, you were spot on, brother, not only covering the line with the Baltimore Ravens, but you said on this very podcast they were going to win outright, they were going to beat the Patriots, and that's exactly what they did. And I'm sorry I didn't see you on television. Bro, you're an idiot. You're just an absolute complete idiot. Start How podcast idiot? Saying, dude, I, I, dude, I didn't see you on the sidelines. I had people tell me I was I, on TV more than the players for crying well, out loud. Well, maybe I wasn't paying that close attention. Well, I don't know. That, or maybe you just blended in so goes, well. That goes to show you just how there's no I in team but for you. To not really look for your boy and see your boy. So you're allowed to go up to the 40 and up to the 40 on both sides of the field, and that's where the Patriots bench is. So yes. that's as far as you can go. And then there's two lines. There's a checkered line and then a, a full line. You've got to kind of be right there. So I positioned myself. If the Ravens had the ball at the 40 and they were going into the end zone, I would position myself like the 25. One time Lamar Jackson threw a pass out of bounds, and I'm getting ready to catch it, and the camera follows the ball. And the ball boy right in front of me caught it. But everybody says, B. Lang, you had it. Like, I'm right there with my hands up. That's on TV. Um, a couple times, guy runs out of bounds right at my feet. I don't move. And I, I almost helped the guy up. That's on TV. I mean, people were texting me going, dude, you're on TV more than the game itself. Great job. Like, I would call. I'd look at down and distance. I'd look at the play. I'd look at what yard line they were on. I would call the play. I would move down and position myself. And I was, it was perfect all night long. How I mean, did literally. no one say anything uh, to you? How did, how did no one say anything to you for being too close to the field or being outside the box? Cause you're supposed to NFL, stay behind that yellow line. You have an NFL jacket on, which makes <laughs> you that you work for the NFL and I'm B-Lang. I'm B-Lang. I, listen, I told Brady, I'm open. Brady was walking <laughs> sideways. Tom, I'm open. I'm open. Um, it was phenomenal though, to see uh, Edelman go off, to see the, the Patriots to be right behind the Patriot bench when the offensive staff was um, was coming over the sideline. They couldn't pick up a first down in the first, first three possessions. Edelman was going off. Edelman was just at the top of his lungs. What the fuck are we doing? We can't pick up a fucking first down. What the fuck is wrong with us? We better get our shit together. I mean, he was just going off. Then he would walk over because the offensive line has their section, quarterbacks and wide receivers their section. Um, running back to their section, and it's hilarious that he walked and glared at the offensive line after those first three possessions. So um, experience of a lifetime, especially for that game, hardest ticket in the world to get. Um, you know, then we had uh, on the way to the game, my boy, my boy Buddy, uh, we stopped and picked up Warren Sapp, so it was just three of us in the limo. We went and had dinner before the game, and then Sapp came down, and Brady came over and took a picture. So met Brady real quick, and a little fist knock, and 
uh, you know, didn't have it hard to tell Tom, uh, you're not covering the three tonight. Uh, <laughs> T12, you're not, you're not TV12, you're not covering three tonight, but in fact, you're going to lose that right. And people just said, great call. And when you really, it's so easy, hindsight's twenty twenty. when you realize that the Patriots have the 21st ranked offense in the NFL and look at that offense, it's ranked 21st against some of the defenses that they played this year. So they were actually going on the road against a pretty good defense. Um, it was it was teed up for you in the rough. And, uh, you know, every once in a while you get a game like that that you just you have a great feel for. But um, this business is predicated on what have you done for me lately. That's great. It was great being on the sideline. Great to give it to the, to the to podcast listeners and on your Twitter feed for free. But guess what? They don't care about that anymore. What do we know this weekend, B Lang? You're Scott, exactly what are we doing right. This weekend? You're exactly yep. right. And, and and for anybody that's new to this podcast, thank you for joining us. You can subscribe, rate, and review The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, over this past weekend, Brandon, I, I told you with that Ravens pick, I wish I would have done money line, but I'm too much of a wuss, so I just took the three points. Uh, but I participated in our good buddy James Alberino at Spread Investor. He had a handicapping tournament. 26 people he invited in, uh, well-known cappers on Twitter, if you will. Uh, none of the likes of Brandon Lang, but people on Twitter that that post their plays for free and whatnot. 26 participants, the top 13 advanced to this weekend. I am currently in third place, a 5-1-1 one, and one record. My push was the SMU game. My loss was the Lions. And get this, at the end of the game there, when the Lions had that one play from the two-yard line after John Gruden stupidly called the timeout and gave them a free chance to gather and call a play, if the Lions score there and they cover the spread, not only do I go a perfect 6-0-1, but the two people that are in first and second ahead of me both had the Raiders as a two-unit play. I would be in first place with a four-unit cushion, Brandon, going into this second weekend. Did you see the end of the SMU game? Yeah, of course. It came. It, it helped me. I had SMU plus the points. Why? 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 What do you mean? Why did he go for two? Of course he goes for two. No. What, what are you, crazy? Yes. No. You're that's a, You go for two 100% of the time there, Brandon. Why? That's the because you maximize your chance of winning the game in regulation. If you kick the extra point there, your chances of winning the game in regulation are extremely diminished and you're playing for a tie. If you go for two, your chance of winning the game in regulation increases exponentially. And if you miss it, you can still go for two to tie the game and go into overtime. Okay, so now let me play devil's advocate. Yes. Let's say you kick the extra point. You still got to mm-hmm. get an onside kick. Correct. Now you're down seven. Now you Correct. get the onside kick. You score. And let's say you score a touchdown. You're play- now you, you can decide can to for, win the game okay, if you want. I so get you it. you go but, for two but listen, there but instead no, of going for two down. No, and you don't no. chase eight. But no, here's the thing, you don't, Brandon. Yes, you're, so you're yes wrong. you do. No, no I'm not. This is, even, the the, no, even well, they don't know. This is football in 2019. The analytics are coming into play here because coaches are now realizing that why would you risk the game on one play when you can give yourself two plays by going for two the first time, you give yourself that cushion of a second two point conversion if you Make miss. That. But if you make it, you get the extra point and win the game. Your chances of winning bro, the game in regulation bro, are unbelievable. If you don't get it there, 
now you, you have, have to, to you have to go for it again. Now, so that's right. two so chances to get it. get it. You don't get it there. Now you're just trying to get it to to, to force the tie to get to over. Correct, but it gives you if two you chances to act- make it once. It makes no sense. It gives you two chances to make it once. Put down the CB. Listen, I had a, I had him as a hundred fifty dimer. I needed it when they went for it. Tackle eligible through to the big fellow who walked. Incredible play! Zone. Incredible I play! It. I got the push. I love it. But at the end of the day, the announcers even said, that "I have nothing. no clue what that, Sonny Dice is doing." But Sonny, you gotta get with the program. Big, I love you, Sonny. <laughs> I'm glad you and all your boys uh, took the six, and you had to get us to push. For you and your boys, I appreciate it, Sonny. Number love for you. Number love foot, for you. Football. But t- wait, hey, hey, Sonny, <laughs> Sonny, way to take care of the boosters, buddy. Way to take care of the boosters. All right, let's rock and roll. That's football in 2019, brother. All right, let's start with Thursday night's action. You got a couple of college games. Nothing really jumps out to me. Temple, South Florida is an interesting game. I keep going back and forth on this one, though, because Temple has been good to me this year, but they've also been bad to me. And I just I I think the play is the under 49 in this game on Thursday night. But I don't know which way to lean Temple, South Florida. Um, I don't think there's any value in either game. Um, Yeah. Good money on bad teams doesn't mix. So I would stay away from that. The Charger-Oakland game is, is is an appealing game to me. The value created by the fact that the Chargers beat up on Green Bay where Green Bay didn't even get off the bus. Yet they didn't even make sure that the clocks went back an hour, went forward an hour, whatever the, whatever the hell the clocks did. But, um, you know, I get the fact the Chargers have covered the last four in this series and they've covered the last four at the Coliseum. And outside the L.A. city limits, they're on a 13-4-1 spread run their last 18 for me. <clears throat> Uh, the Chargers have gone under the post total nine of their last 11 regular season games, strong under um, at Chicago 17-16, strong under again last week at home. Um, that under is 49. I believe both teams run the football like these both defenses under 49, I think is the value play on Thursday night NFL. How strong are you on that? Um. Not enough for you to put it in your contest. I'll have stronger. I'll have stronger. I'll have my I'll have my three games to put in your contest of the other four that you're going to put in. Um, I already have them circled, and uh, we'll talk about it as we get through. But but I don't think. But stronger think play on the under than on a side in that game, right? Hundred percent, because I, because again, I always say in near pick'em games, there's really no value. Uh-huh. There's, there's there's no value to mess with the game. Basically, Vegas is saying they don't know who's going to win the game. Let's throw the, let's throw the number at one. Let's see what the public does with the number. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, I believe the value of the number will that number move? Maybe go down to pick them. Maybe go up to Chargers minus two. Who knows? But but again, nine of their last eleven have gone under the posted total in the regular season. And and then conversely, if you look at the Raiders, yeah, they've scored some points, but they really haven't. Um, played teams with the defense as well mm-hmm. as the Chargers are playing defense right now. So lean toward the under. Yeah, Ingram back healthy. Now you have Ingram and Bosa. It makes all the difference in the world on that Charger defensive front. Uh, let's go to Saturday, Brandon, where there's the the game of the week in the Big Ten is actually a noon kickoff, not and it's an ABC game. So you wonder why it isn't a Saturday night ABC game. It's a noon ABC game. Penn State and Minnesota, 8-0, 8-0. Minnesota may be feeling a little disrespected by being 17th in the college football playoff polls. Penn State out to prove that they belong in that top four, setting up that matchup with Ohio State. State. The Nittany Lions are a seven point favorite. You can get it at six and a half some 
some places, even if you have to buy the hook to get it to six and a half. I just think this game comes down to talent, Brandon. And Penn State has way more talent than Minnesota. P.J. Flex got a new contract, but that's probably because of the Florida State rumors. I think Penn State rolls in this game, setting up a matchup with the Buckeyes. Flex covered his last five this year on a 13-7-1 spread run. And the, the one game that I just can't, I can't get away from, the one game that I kind of I keep going back to for me is the Penn State pit game. That's the, the, the one game this year. Rivalry. That, that I look at. <clears throat> and when you, you kind of get into everybody's so focused on the fact that Minnesota's not played anybody and, and, you know, they did struggle early uh, uh, against Georgia Southern, 35-32. I get it. Um, but if you look at Penn State, if you really examine their schedule this year, they were dominated at Iowa. And the Iowa quarterback played as if he was in Friday Night Tykes. Um, people have really focused their attention on who Minnesota hasn't played. Instead, I focus my attention on who has Penn State played. Mm -hmm. Idaho Vandals, garbage. Buffalo, okay, at home. Pitt, at home. Maryland, garbage. Purdue, garbage. Iowa turned it over 21 times. Michigan held them pretty much scoreless the entire second half, and they played Michigan State. After Minnesota, they got a dangerous Indiana team. And Ohio State, <clears throat> who are they or not, they're not going to be. I think there's value in the dog here. The dog is getting no respect whatsoever. I get it. Big offensive line, run the football. Um, I'm going to back P.J. Flick in Minnesota plus points. Not saying they can win the game outright, but I just think no one is giving this team any respect. They've played the teams in front of them. They're undefeated. But more or less for me, this team is, is peaking right now look at their their you know but let's put this in perspective right here okay let me let me make sure we put this in perspective you ready mm -hmm. and this this will kind of make sense to you um probably a team that's playing better than anybody in the big 10 right now is illinois they beat wisconsin at home they go on the road and destroy purdue they're just lovey smith has that team playing really well um Last three weeks for Minnesota, blew out Illinois 40-17, to blew out Nebraska 34-7, blew out Rutgers 42-7, blew out Maryland 52-10. Momentum, 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 momentum. Struggle early, get momentum, turn in the corner, buy the half point, get seven. I feel much comfortable taking the home dog here than laying the number at Penn State. All right. More comfortable. I'd feel more comfortable with seven and a half. So if you get it at seven, maybe hook it up to seven and a half or stay with the seven. Might cost you one thirty. You yeah. can buy the you can buy six and a half to seven and, and to seven and a half. I don't think you need to do that. I believe that it's gonna be a, a field goal field game. Goal game. Minnesota yep. Minnesota's not gonna lay down. They're better than people think. And I'm telling you right now, they're 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 I like their coach, man. I like their coach. Yeah, he's he's a great coach, PJ Fleck. That's what I got been, that real quick. Extension. People tend to people tend to forget Scott. This guy took Western Michigan to a New Year's Day bowl game. Yeah. 
people tend to a max school undefeated took him to a bowl game it took him a few years to get to get them turned around but he's got he's got something special uh, also at noon eastern time big matchup in the big 12 baylor goes into fort worth to take on tcu and for tcu it's kind of the question of are you going to get the good tcu or the bad tcu the good tcu welcomes in number 15 texas and beats them by 10 the bad tcu can't stop oklahoma state and they lose that game will the good tcu show up here at home against number 12 baylor once again i look at it the other way i'm I'm just being honest with you are you going to get the good baylor or are you going to get the bad Baylor? Are you going to get the Baylor that went into Oklahoma State and just absolutely tattooed them? Are you going to get the bad Baylor that came out of their bye week and struggled played as last if week? They didn't care yeah. mm-hmm. against a, a West Virginia team that has been blown out by everybody. They just looked their first five possessions. They looked terrible. Their number one receiver, first play of the second half, crossed the middle, is going to be down to the 20, gets hit and fumbles. Um, just a, a very poor, disinterested effort. People want to know why Baylor's so far back in the first poll being released as an undefeated team. Because when you have a national TV game in front of the world and you're the only game in town and you've got a chance to make a statement and you lay that kind of egg against a losing team like West Virginia and you're at home, that's going to cost you. And, yeah, they'll probably get a New Year's Day bowl game. Who knows? So, for me um, – Two more quarterbacks defected from TCU have now transferred. Gary Patterson got a little situation having to deal with there. Uh, just saw it on the newswire before we came on air. So for me, um, I'm going to see what Baylor does. I think you've lost the value with Baylor um, at Oklahoma State. The whole world was on Oklahoma State. They went in there and tattooed them. I, I just think the pressure is building on Baylor. Two big games come up. They still got to play Oklahoma um, at home. Um, so, so believe me. Uh, I think that this is a stay away from game. Stay, you just said this is a stay away game. Okay. Stay away from uh, game. Stay away from game. Got it. Uh, I think there's value actually, and call me crazy, on SMU laying three touchdowns. Uh, everyone might be picking against them, thinking it's a big spread, and they lost that game to Memphis. This offense can score at will. And I think this is a bounce-back performance from the Mustangs, and they're going to put a hurting on East Carolina. You know, there's there's the – you ever hear of the Havoc rankings, which basically determines, you know, how many times a team turns somebody else over and, and, and how they perform based off that? SMU is second in the nation in tackles for loss. They're one of the best teams in the nation in Havoc rankings and turning teams over and converting off of those turnovers. And East Carolina stinks. So I think this SMU team is going to win easily by three touchdowns. You ever hear of the Jenna Jameson rankings? <laughs> Please explain. The, the, the Jenna Jameson rankings is college athletes who have admitted to watching her porn more than other college athletes. That team is 31 and 1 against the spread. That's what I think of your SMU Golly Gaga ranking. I think for me, when teams lose, and how big a game that was, game day there, undefeated, uh, New Year's Day game, right in front of your schedule, your schedule easy the rest of the way. You win this game, you're going undefeated. And to lose that game, I to me, these are college kids, not the NFL. 
I stay so far away from that. I just do. You don't know what you're going to get with these kids. You don't know how they're going to respond to their first loss of the year. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay away. Should they blow them out? Absolutely. They were dreadful in the red zone last week. Their play calling was dreadful in the red zone last week. And uh, you just, Sonny Dice coached that game tight. He's their offensive mm-hmm. coordinator coached it tight. It's a shame. Yeah. So um, I'm going to stay away. Go, I'll, I'll pull for you laying that number. But for me, I'm staying away. Uh, Kansas State at Texas. Uh, Texas is a seven-point favorite over the 16th-ranked Wildcats. Gift. It's an absolute gift on the on the Saturday card. Absolute gift. You can't cover a touchdown or more in college football if you don't have a defense. And this Texas defense is an absolute sieve. I mean sieve. Herman's one and three against the number at home this year. Two and five his last seven in Austin. Four and nine is a home chalk. Eight and nineteen his last twenty seven with Houston and Texas. And I'm telling you right now, this guy Kleeman, three and one as a dog, just upset Oklahoma, had some time coming back here. I just don't think Kansas State comes in here and covers. I think Kansas State comes in here and wins the game outright. They're going to do exactly what they did against Oklahoma. They're going to run the football, use the clock, shred that Texas defense. I think Kansas State is a live dog and one you should put in your pick seven. Bang! Uh, game of the week, LSU-Alabama. Tua has been practicing. Uh, looks like all signs point to him playing. Even if he does start, though, there is a chance that we'll see Mac Jones at some point during the game because we don't know exactly how healthy Tua's ankle is. LSU, obviously their offense has been incredible this year with the Joe Brady influence. Joe Burrow is a true Heisman front runner now. The Tide laying six and a half at home. Any feel for this game? Oh, do I have a feel for it? So do I. Can, game, please tell me. Please this, tell me we're on the same page. Please tell me this, we're on the same page. Okay, this game is an absolute gift from the gods. Alabama has won thirty-two straight games at home, with thirty-one of those thirty-two wins by seven points or more. And the whole world is hyping this LSU team like the second coming. And all Alabama has done is just go about their business. Nobody's really talking about us. And this is when Nick Saban is his most dangerous, when no one's talking about him. Now, before we put the cart ahead of the horse, Georgia Southern, Texas Longhorns, Northwestern State Demons, Vanderbilt Commodores, the Utah State Aggies, Florida Gators, Mississippi State, and they struggled with Auburn and Bo Nix. Say what you want. I got stud receivers all over the field. I got a value number of less than seven. And when I've won 31 of 32 of my last home games by seven points or more, The value of the number puts me on Alabama big because it's very rare you ever get them at this kind of number. You lose with Bama before you try to win with LSU because Bama has been in these games time and time and time again, and LSU hasn't. And as good as Joe Burrows has been, 
Heisman dreams go down the tubes here. With a week to prepare, it's like Bill Belichick with time to prepare. You give Nick Saban this amount of time, winner, winner, chicken dinner, Alabama by double digits. I wish you can see the smile on my face because I'm just sitting here so thankful that you and I are on the same page on this game. Alabama since 2015 against AP top 10 foes, 14 and three straight up. They cover 60% of the time against those teams. You brought up the biggest point of all. All of their wins are over a touchdown. You're getting them at six and a half here. I know everyone expects a close field goal game. I get it. Both of these teams are not kicking field goals in this game. This game is going to be determined by the offenses, and Alabama's offense is not going to settle for field goals. They will score touchdowns, and that's why I'm comfortable laying six and a half. Think about it. Put up 42 on Duke. South Carolina, who beat Georgia, they put up 47. Ole Miss. 59, A&M, 47. This is the kind of game where Alabama announces their presence with authority. They're at Mississippi State, Western Carolina, and they finish at Auburn. Nick Saban has just been laying in wait. He's been waiting for this game, letting LSU get all the pubs. Both you and I are on it. LSU, uh, Alabama is play number two in the Scotty pick seven out of college football on to the NFL. All right, let's rock and roll with the NFL schedule, Brandon. And, you know, there's a couple of games that really jump out to me uh, at first glance. And, and the one that I'm going to pick on first is the Buffalo Bills at uh. the Cleveland Browns. Freddie Kitchens is way over his head. You said he should be working in KFC. I think he should be flipping burgers at McDonald's. Maybe he's not even good enough for those corporate chains, and he should be someplace lower, like delivering for Uber Eats or something. No disrespect for anybody who delivers for Uber Eats. I get it. You make a good living. Congratulations. Freddie Kitchens does not deserve to be coaching an NFL football team as a head coach. He is trash. This team has too many diva personalities on it. Baker Mayfield shaved his beard and mustache three times on Sunday, Brandon. Three times. He's worried about what his mustache and his beard looks like as opposed to how he's going to throw to an open Odell Beckham Jr. instead of throwing it into triple coverage at the end of the game. The Browns are a train wreck. They're a disaster waiting to happen. We all The disaster has already happened. They're not waiting. It's already happened, Brandon. Give me the Bills to go into Cleveland and win the game outright because the Browns are trash with a capital T. Bro. I have three games circled the NFL. You just touched on the first one I have circled. Freddie Kitchen was the assistant manager once he got fired by the Cleveland Browns. I'm just I'm foreshadowing here. He got fired by the Cleveland Browns. He took a job at Kentucky Fried Chicken, general manager's job. And he was he'd never leave the store. His relationship with his wife was on the rocks. And he would just he gained a lot of weight. He was eating a lot of three piece original biscuit gravy, best mashed potatoes and gravy and the, and the macaroni and cheese. And he just was always coming out. The shirt was, the white shirt was outside. The crack of his ass was showing his pants. The blue, the blue dickies were hanging down. He was always going out for the extra biscuit. He got fired. <laughs> and he got a job at those public laundromats where he's the guy that comes in and, you know, changes all the quarters out, empties the quarters. And he's got his, 
you know, keys on his belt loop and black work boots, navy blue pants again. And, well, he lost that job because he was skimming the quarters. You can now find him. Uh, he's working at a bowling alley. He's the guy at the front that gives you your shoes. He's and spraying he the shoes, huh? Squared away. He's yeah. spraying the shoes. Now he's working out about that the local bowling alley down there in uh, uh, somewhere in somewhere in Louisiana. Uh, last sighting we had. So um, I'll say it again. I've said it every week on this podcast for the last uh, five weeks. You can't take a guy who had never been a head coach anywhere in his life and hand him the keys to an NFL team. He was set up to fail. Bills, 5-0-1 against the number last six on the road. Their last 11 uh, have gone under the posted total. Uh, Browns, no covers, last four at home. On the money, Buffalo gets it done over the Browns. Next up, where are we going, Scott? Uh, My next NFL game that I circled is the Arizona Cardinals and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa's kind of getting everybody's love right now because of the way that they played against the Seattle Seahawks. And I kind of think that that's the overreaction and that's the value that we're going to get here on the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray can play, and we've seen that. They came back against the 49er defense. They came back and gave, and put themselves in a position to make that a game. The 49ers had to make well, some plays. They, I, would, no, I wouldn't necessarily came back. They got an 89-yard touchdown on a broken coverage. That, they they still know, got allowed the back door. Okay, I good get, heart, I'll, I'll good, good heart, good heart, okay, good fight. We'll, we'll give, good good heart, heart, good fight. Okay, this is All what right. this this is this is the main handicap here for me. Jameis Winston turns the ball over way too much tampa might win this game but if they do it's going to be on a last second field goal anything over a field goal here and it's currently a four point spread i'm taking the cardinals here's here's what'll blow you away this is tampa bay's first true home games since week three is that insane first true home game since week three they That's what happened Giants. with the Raiders. That's what happened with the Raiders last week. The Raiders had their they first uh, true home game, yeah. Yep, they went Rams at Saints, Carolina and London at Tennessee at Seattle. A gauntlet. They were sitting there at 2-2, two and two, lost by 7, lost by 11, lost by 4, lost by 6, and just one of the most devastating non-covers. If you had Tampa Bay, bad beat, lose the coin mm-hmm. toss, Russell mm-hmm. Wilson goes down and scores. Um, I, I tend to think Arizona's right side of the game. Um, they've covered four of their last five after San Francisco last Thursday, three and one on the road. As we said before, I was on the field um, for the Ravens game. I know how hard it is to win in that stadium. I know how loud it was, um, how incredible it was. And to know that this Arizona team went into Baltimore and lost by six, were inside the Ravens five yard line, three times and kicked field goals. I tend to agree with you. I think you're on the right side of the game for me. Uh, I want to go to the Sunday night game, Minnesota and Dallas. And okay. I've said it all year long that Kurt, when they beat Washington at home and Kirk Cousins is being interviewed after the game and everybody was feeling good and he's like, we're six and two and we got the whole season right in front of us. And, you know, we're, we were happy with where we're at and, you know, the, the season is ours. And, and I just feel like, you know, we're, we're where we want to be and, and uh, you know we're 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 in a good place right now, and uh, and and I, I like I like my squad, and and I really I really feel good about everything. Kurt, 
you were laying 17 to a garbage team, you never punted in the game, and you scored 19 points. And the whole world bought their hype. The whole world bought in. They had an extra two days of rest, and they go in to Kansas City against a backup quarterback, and they get their cojones handed to them. And you think you're going to go on the road to Dallas with an offense that collapses in the red zone and beat Dallas at home? I got news for you. Call, call Carson Wentz in Philadelphia and ask them how they felt when they went in there on Sunday night. The Minnesota Vikings are garbage. Their head coach Zimmer coaches not to lose instead of trying to win. You saw it against the Chiefs. This team is overrated. This team is garbage. And the quarterback that could have took them to the promised land just went 5-0 and for the New Orleans Saints and backing up Drew Brees. The organization, uh, top to bottom, is a sieve. I would never trust Zimmer with a penny, let alone my money, ever again. Get all over Dallas. Dak, 6-1-1 one one against the spread his last eight home games, 3-1 and one this year. And uh, the Vikings, 2-6, and six, their last eight as an underdog. Need I say any more? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Kirk Cousin implodes in front of the nation on Sunday night. Give me all of Dallas by the half point, late two and a half. I love it. I love it. And I think people might be uh, looking at Dallas the way they played in the first half against the Giants, maybe a little down on them and, and maybe showing some love to the Vikings. I'm all over Dallas in that game as well. Let me let me give you one more thought here. And this is Monday night football. And I'm going to read you off a list here, Brandon. Okay. You ready? Here's the That's, list. By the way, this, this, the three games I had circled in the NFL. Uh, we'll close up the podcast with, with this Monday night game, Seattle, San Francisco. We're Buffalo. Uh-huh. We're Dallas. And I have this game circled here. Okay. Let's see where you go, Scott. Here, here, here's where I'm coming. I'm, I'm going to read you a list. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Dwayne Haskins, Kyle Allen, and Kyler Murray. Those are the quarterbacks that the undefeated San Francisco 49ers have had to deal with this season. With the exception of Jared Goff, who took his team to the Super Bowl last year, but he's not exactly blowing anybody away. They have not played anybody that even sniffs Russell Wilson's jockstrap. Russell Wilson is the NFL MVP through nine weeks, 10 weeks this season. This season. I think Seattle not only covers this line, Seattle wins this game outright and makes this NFC West division race a true race for the rest of the season. Wow. Seattle's covered six straight as a road dog. The visitor and the underdog is nine and two. Last 11 Seattle games going back to last year. Seattle had beat the Niners 10 in a row before they lost at Levi last December. I have been on this Seattle team all year long. They just find ways to win. You cannot give them this amount of points. The key to the football game is you can run on this San Francisco defense. You can run on them. Um, I'm just telling you, 
It's uh, it's something that Arizona had success doing. Um, it's something that the week before um, Carolina had success. McCaffrey got over 100 yards on him. Um, I get it. You're undefeated. You beat the teams in front of you. This game here, for all you people listening right now, is in the same category as the Ravens and the Patriots. And that is, you give me a mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson to keep plays alive. It's very easy to be the number one pass defense in the NFL when you face the quarterbacks that Scott just listed off. Now let me see you do it here. The line is six, get it now. I think the Sharps are going to come in uh, pretty soon on this game and drive it down to five and a half. And five, you lose value. I agree with you. Seattle goes into San Francisco, wins the game outright, and gives the Niners their first loss of the year. All right, Brandon, tell the people where they can find out some more information from you. BrandonLang.com. That's it. Come join. We, uh, we're five and four on NFL Sundays. Um, college football, I think we're, we're dead even, but but uh, 150 dimers. I've released one this year, won it, pushed with SMU last week. We'll have another 150 dimer uh, on Saturday, and potentially – my first 200 dime release in the NFL on Sunday. First one in two years. A uh, game that I absolutely love that we didn't talk about. So uh, there we go. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And uh, good luck this weekend, big dog. There it is. He is Brandon Lang. I'm Scott Sandberg. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Sharp Edge wherever you get your podcasts from or check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at BLEAV.com. Until next week, good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.